Good night, good time. Welcome to the Irish NFL show. It is week 11 of the season. Uh, Michael McQuaid, Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, Mark Dial-Up Cockerell. Mark, let's see if you can go 90 minutes without losing your internet connection. I'm joking. Um, Brian clearly didn't get the, uh, if you listen in the podcast, folks, welcome in. Brian didn't get the invite for the t-shirts. We're all wearing black tonight. Uh, Colin, will I ever get that hoodie that you're wearing? Because I'm still waiting for it uh, seven months on. Nine months on. Well, uh, I I think uh, you'll have to probably come down uh, to to Dublin to acquire. I have been show. down many times. Nobody, do you know what, boys? Nobody's come up. Nobody's come up. Michael, that top was brought all the way to LA for your for the purpose of you wearing it. As somehow it was to LA. you forgot. No, hold on. Let's let's change the narrative. Imagine somebody listening to this going, "Come on, lads." I know, I know I'm joking. It's 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 week eleven of the season. Brian, how are you doing? Are you doing good? I'm good, Michael. Absolutely in great form. Looking forward to week eleven. Looking forward to another great set of games with some very interesting permutations likely to come out this weekend in terms of who's going to the playoffs. We really are getting to that stage of the season now where fans, well, maybe not fans of teams who aren't going to the playoffs, but teams who are on the periphery are certainly looking at what could happen in terms of how the season's results on Week 11 would impact their team going forward. MC, how are you feeling ahead of Week 11, baby? Another big one against the Jets? We'll get to that, Michael. We'll get to that. I, I look forward to it because I've, I've got plenty of notes written down to ask you in, in a few minutes. Let's uh, let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. Obviously presented by Cassidy Travel Ireland's number uno. Numero uno, a hien. Uh, travel agents, the best travel agents in Ireland. If you want to go to, the, to an NFL game over the next few weeks or even jump on a postseason, maybe in New York, and then transfer over to another airport, uh, hit them up for a few games. Uh, they'll be able to get your flights, accommodation, etc. Uh, Casty Travel. Just search Casty Travel online, castytravel.ie. Um, and thanks again for their support of the podcast and of the broadcast throughout the season so far. Let's jump straight into it. Thursday Night Football is an absolute and total doozer or boozer, or snoozer, depending on which team you support. Um, we got the six and three Titans going to Lambeau Field to face the four and six Green Bay football Packers. Colin, the Packers have won two of the last three games against the Titans. Um, Titans beat the Broncos last week. Packers beat the Cowboys last week. Derrick Henry only had, what, 50, 60 yards rushing against the Broncos. Didn't come out of a shell too much in that sense. You'd be expecting more of him this week. What are your thoughts on this game on Thursday nights? And uh, who are you picking, baby? Yeah, well, I suppose a couple of our hours ago, I might have uh, thought this was perhaps uh, more one-sided um, than I am now thinking it certainly will be. Look, Green Bay got the win last week. You can say Dallas um, threw it away a little bit, and I think Dallas will look at it and feel that they, um, you know, if they had their time over again, I'm sure they would do a whole lot a whole lot differently but for the titans this is it's mike Vrabel. everything he he just finds a way to win it is the bill belichick model and yeah the the broncos managed to hold derrick henry to 53 yards rushing it did them no good um because this year the titans are leaning on the the defense um i i really thought that um you know the I suppose the Christian Watson breakout, it'll be interesting to see if that continues. But we we talked about on the show on Monday, there was still Aaron Rodgers complaining 
uh, having a go at Matt LaFleur. Matt LaFleur was quite emotional as well in the press conference afterwards, which was interesting to see. Um, I I thought, um, I really thought the Titans could probably go into to Lambeau and get a win, and they still can. But um, Hooker is out, Jones, Dupree, Bullock, and Johnson are all out. And um, Mike Herndon, who's been on with us, um, who is um, a really good uh, Titans insider, points out that they have gotten by without Hooker and Dupree in the past. But Ben Jones um, has only uh, missed one game since 2016. Uh, Talk about uh, durable. Um, And that was a 30-20 loss to Carolina in 2019. Um, I think losing their their centre is um, a really tough uh, ask for them because we don't really know, is Tannehill fully fit? Um, obviously, there was, um, you know, Henry. Henry, I think, is probably more at a point in his career where he's going to flash. At times, it's going to be brilliant. At other times, teams will probably be able to stop him more than they had in the past. But if you let him get up ahead of Steve, forget about it. I don't think the Packers are uh, anywhere near as good a, defensively as the Broncos, but they showed that they can score points. With the injuries, I'm going to say the Packers get the, the win. But Mike Vrabel could prove me very wrong. Tannehill has been declared as fully fit and has come off the injury uh, the injury list along with a couple of other players. But at the same time, as Colin has rightly called out, that doesn't really play into the fact that they're missing so many other players across the team. Um, the Packers, one thing I would say, which was quite impressive last week, was that, well, it's something that we've been calling out time and time again over the course of the past six weeks is that the offense is not balanced, they haven't used the run game um, when they do, and allows Rodgers to get more opportunities to go down the field, and essentially that's what he did last week, 224 yards, three touchdowns, and Aaron Jones ran for 138, it was complimented by DJ, oh, sorry, AJ Dillon with 65 yards, um, for a 200 yard plus game, which they haven't had for quite some time, if they, and you'd like to think, Brennan, when it was so successful last week, that they would stick to that tomorrow night, and get a defence off kilter, which is missing, as Collins rightly called out, a number of players, and their secondary is banged up, um, I'm also with the Packers. I think the Packers are going to find a way to win two in a row. I'm not bought in on the Tennessee Titans, even though they have this great record. They're only averaging 18.4 points a game on offense. Kind of lends into an opportunity for the Packers to defense to step up in this game. Derrick Henry, he's they're winning games despite him not having really fruitful games. So be interesting what this Packers run they can do, which is 26th in the league. Um, they haven't had a great success, but I'm still thinking this could be the opportunity for the Packers to. Go on a little bit of a run and right the wrongs of early on in the season. So for me, I'm also with the Packers. Well, well hold on. Let's not disparage Derek Henry too much. He had his usual running over um, of AFC South uh, divisional rivals. He was on course for a third, at least 100-yard game in a row before the Broncos defense really bottled him up last week. Although, as Colm says, the Titans still won. I think the bigger fear is, like, if you go on, again, this is why you can't go on pure stats, but on pure stats, the Titans' offense is far behind the Green Bay offense in terms of yards racked up overall. They slightly had them rushing, but, like, well, well behind from passing statistics and, and, and yardage. And that's a reflection of Tannehill not being performing the same level. The Titans' offense obviously being very different in nature. Defensively as well, they rank below um, 
uh, the Packers in most of the major categories as well. So if you're going purely on ranking in that regard, you'd be going, oh, why aren't the Packers going to walk this? Fundamentally, because the Titans have been winning as a team and Green Bay, during their massive losing streak, has been finding ways to lose and has been falling apart in different ways. I think you rightly call out the key themes. There's a big theme in this game as well. Mike and Matt get back together again. Remember, Matt LaFleur used to be Mike Vrabel's offensive coordinator for one year before he took the Packers' job as well. The only time they faced off before, Matt LaFleur and the Packers did win. Um, But that's a nice little coaching connection to, to bring them together here. For me, it boils down to a couple of key stats. 4.8 yards per carry. That's what the Packers' defense is giving up on average per carry. That is not good statistics against any run-first offense, especially not when you've got Derrick Henry in there. And overall, whilst I call out that the Titans' defense ranks behind the Packers overall, they actually have, by yardage, at least the second-best rushing defense. So the strength of the Green Bay game and what they leaned on against the Cowboys again was, oh, yeah, let's remember to run the ball because we actually have two decent running backs. And our offensive game, certainly in the passing game, is not clicking. So we need to establish the run to set up the pass, establish the run, drive the ball down their throats. This Titans defense, whilst it's missing people, is set up to try to thwart that type of attempt. Um, Lambeau will be throbbing even on a Thursday night. Um but given recent form and given recent consistency, especially from the Packers, I am going to go with the Titans and with Mike Rabel and with Derek Henry to exploit those key differentials, both in the Packers' run defense and the strength of the Titans' run defense. We are due a good Thursday night football game, that's for sure. Some of the Thursday night games since the Chiefs' Chargers have been absolutely atrocious, and I very much look forward to uh, staying up late and watching this game on on Thursday nights um, the Packers done very very well last week to come back against the Cowboys but for me the Cowboys completely the bed and I think there's more to that than what stats on paper say if you actually you know, sit back and watch the tape the Cowboys made far too many mistakes and for me I, I'm with Mark I think tomorrow night um, regardless what's going on at quarterback I, I think tomorrow night Derek Henry rushes for over 160 yards and then when you've got a guy in the back as well, like Hilliard as well, who's got like 150 yards so far this season, they can come in for a couple of snaps and second or third down to take the pressure away from Derrick Henry. Uh, I think they have a feast. I think they have a feast. And I have them covering the spread. The spread's minus three, I think, at the minute in the, in the favour of the Packers. I'll take the Titans winning by seven to ten points. And quite frankly, putting another uh, marker down on the Packers team, which is massively, massively underachieving. Uh, so we're split. Which is good because when we all go for one team together, the other team loot the win. A, a team inevitably loses, Michael. Many many fans are pointing this out. Um, yeah. You mentioned we should have kicked off the show as well by reminding everybody, uh, for anybody looking at us, if you want to buy some of the lovely gear being modelled by calling myself irishnflshow.com forward slash shop. Uh, if you want to buy some lovely outfits that Brian is wearing, for example, Penny's just have opened their click and collect. I think Brian, Brian's wearing next. Brian's a next sort of man. I've seen a few things. He's wearing, he's wearing the same navy shirt that I was wearing uh, last week. Yeah. Uh, if, if you are watching Thursday Night Football, enjoy Thursday Night Football. And if you are, if you do want to put a bit of a flutter on the uh, on the weekend's action, you can check out the uh, the betting show that we have at the minute with uh, Mr. O'Leary here, Chief Better. 
Michaela as well, uh, giving our incredible selections. So enjoy Thursday Night Football. Okay. We're going to talk now about the three and seven. The Carolina Panthers are three and seven. Oh, going up against the six and three Ravens. This game is in Baltimore. Colin, I was talking to Ravens fans in Deutschland last weekend. Genuinely had a conversation with a lot for about 20 minutes about Lamar Jackson. They're coming into a really, really interesting point of the season when you expect Lamar to take a step up. Guy's playing for his contract. He'll get the contract anyway, anywhere, whatever happens. But this Ravens team, it's a huge opportunity for them this week to go to 7-3, put a marker down in the AFC, especially when the Chiefs play the Chargers on Sunday night football. Yeah, and this is the Ravens team who, in stark contrast to last year, are actually getting healthier at this time of the year. Last year, they just kept uh, having guys go out injured, go out injured, go out injured. We know Mark Andrews is back. And if you are a Ravens fan, you know, and the rest of the league may well come to know, David Ajabo looks likely to make his season debut. A young man with immense talent. He but it would have probably been, um, you know, a top 15 pick, very likely, um, if he hadn't torn his Achilles at his pro day as it was. He fell to the second round. Um, the Ravens took the chance, and um, before Thanksgiving has arrived, he will be making his debut. One to watch, um, probably take a little bit of time to get out, uh, you know, get back to where he was, but um, immensely talented. Uh, I asked a few weeks ago who, you know, how many more starting QBs would the Panthers have? And unfortunately, injury has undone um, PJ Walker. Um, Baker Mayfield, um, <laughs> what a guy, uh, headbutting his uh, teammates as they came off the field without uh, a helmet. And when asked about it, said, oh, I do that all the time, even when the cameras aren't around fantastic it might help to explain an awful lot about the questions that we've asked of baker mayfield ever since he was drafted number one overall um i look i, I think the the panthers have surprised at times um probably surprised last week realistically they have nothing to play for baker is playing for a contract somewhere um i next year i don't think it will be uh, with the the panthers so he is looking to uh, make sure that he gets paid somewhere next year but it's not going to be a, enough i i don't believe the ravens this is an opportunity they have to make the most of it and i believe lamar and um his merry men will get it done i mean you couldn't have asked for a better game to come back off your bye week you know in a in a conferences Michael has rightly called it was so competitive um, their defense has really improved over the past five weeks they haven't given up more than 23 points a game since uh, which was a bit of a precarious start we saw what happened in the game against the Dolphins I put that lot down to Houston and JPP who's kind of been a, a player kind of hidden away after his good time in Tampa he signed to Ravens slow start he's really come to the come to the fore Roquan Smith had a great game in his opening game in his debut against the Saints it's all pointing in the right direction and I know we're just games this season where we've been flabbergasted by the results but I can't say it here they're going up against Baker Mayfield his column is rightly said I mean some people were suggesting Baker Mayfield will be the comeback player of the year well I think he has to come back to be in in the list to be the comeback player of the year he's had an atrocious time down there as well and I see Sam Darnold's backing him up on Sunday uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't come against the rounds of possibility at this stage we even saw Sam Darnold come into the game at some stage um, it's, the, it's the Ravens all day long for me I can't see any other result but a comfortable win and Lamar runs away in this game I, I want to go through the NFL history books to actually find, because it's the first time they've been in this model, 
that the number one overall pick is being backed up by a number two overall pick. Like, I'm sure, that quarterback, I'm sure it's never happened before. Um, however, I'm also sure that the expectation levels have never been as low as they are in Carolina in terms of the performance from the quarterback position. Um, I can see a way in which the Panthers win this. And the way in which I can see them winning this is because of the strength of their defense. Like, this quietly is one of the best defenses in the NFL for everything they're blowing up on the offensive side. And, you know, we've already seen the trades they've done and the come one, come all, roll up, roll up, everyone can win a ticket here. They refused, allegedly, to, to trade Brian Burns, even for two first-rounders. They're refusing to blow up that young defensive core. And um, and they certainly got some, you know, strong performances from, from, from the running game in the last uh, couple of weeks ever since C-Mac was traded. So to say I can't see, you know, I know Brian just said you can't see a way in which they win. I can if their defense puts pressure on what will be probably a pretty one-dimensional Ravens offense without um, Mark Andrews there. Like they don't have he's, a threat. He's back. He's back what? for something. He's back. Oh, he's back. Something. Oh, bugger. Okay. Well then, yeah. Okay. There's they're, they're one and a half dimensions. So let's go for one point five. But you know they're going to lean on the running game. The Carolina defense are impressive. Um, is it enough? No, I don't think it's enough, but I definitely think it deserves credit in that regard. Points column makes about the Ravens' defense rounding into shape. Or maybe it was Brian. Sorry, guys. Um, very well taken as well. Um, certainly, they've been very impressive against the rush, which we know Carolina will lean on. And it looks like they're just on a nice, slow build. And they need this as well. I mean, we said many times already this season, can't see a way in which this team can win. We were saying it about the Eagles and Commanders only on Monday night. And yet we get surprised. But the Ravens are really motivated. The Bengals have been getting their act together again. They want to stay atop of the AFC North. They want to get as much home advantage during the playoffs as possible. Um, and they don't want to have the late season swoon, albeit with Lamar's injury that they had last year. So I can see a way. But overall, I'm on the Ravens as well. I think the Panthers will do a lot better than everyone thinks, to be honest with you. I mean, the Ravens um, have a bottom five pass defense in the league. 258 passing yards alike per game. They're not, like, they've been quite inconsistent in that sense. I mean, look at that Browns game. They should have lost that game against the Browns. There have been situations, in, in, obviously, of course, the Panthers beat the Buccaneers. The Panthers won last week when nobody else on the show gave them the chance. So, I mean, I, I think it'll be a close game. I don't think they'll win the game, but I, I do think they'll take them closer. And I think Baker Mayfield needs to be given props for the performance that he made last week against Atlanta. He may have had a bit of a, a bit of a mess up at the end with his head, but he still put a lot of effort in, and you know that has to be applauded. And um, I think Mark Andrews come back into the game is is the X factor for this team. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's impossible to cover everybody when you've got Mark Andrews there. He is the main standout for me in this team. But look, just. Just wait and see what happens. You know, Baker Mayfield um, has only six passing touchdowns so far this season. Maybe he can get another couple, or maybe even two or three in his record this week. I think the Ravens will win um, by a field goal. I think the Panthers will take them close. I really, really do. Um, I don't think it'll be a blowout. But then again, who knows? I, I'll, I'll take the Ravens to win. Unanimous curse of death, Michael. Unanimous curse of death. Well, if any, if it helps anybody, I'm I'm going to be watching Ecuador against Guitar anyway. So is that like what five o'clock? So I'll see. I know we're not. I know we're not all split, but it sounds to me like me and Colin are expecting a very comfortable win for the Ravens, and you two are expecting to scrape at home. No, Colin, do you? I, I don't, I'm, I'm not. 
I'm not expecting a, a huge Ravens win. I just think, I mean, Baker, when when, when was Baker la- last in? Like, he came in at halftime, what, two, week, two weeks ago? Yeah. Um, and and the game was over at, at that point. Twenty five nil at halftime. I would ju- I would just expect I would expect the Ravens to to do it. I I think um, to me I I expect the Titans Packers game to be closer, but I'm not expecting the Ravens to go out and put a beat down on um, the Panthers either. Okay, uh, let's ju- let's jump on to the third game that we're going to look at on Sunday. That is the Cleveland Browns uh, going up against the Buffalo Bills. Bills losing against the Vikings last week. Um, in what was a great game uh, Colin the Bills will want to get back to form uh, another home game for them they'll be looking to put up uh, a beat down arguably of um, Cle- the Cleveland Browns before Deshaun comes in in a few weeks and I, I for one am very much looking forward to Deshaun Watson coming into this league because he's he's going to have to prove a lot of people wrong including myself uh, the Browns made their bed Colin let's see can he, can he do anything against the Bills on Sunday they probably can because there is six feet of snow uh, forecast for Buffalo. Um, I have seen talk that the game might be moved um, potentially, which would be a shame because uh, they're so watching snow to Monday, maybe, or um, or or to a, a new venue um, in terms of safety for for fans. So uh, it'll be interesting. I I can't see that. I mean. Games have taken place. Um, I remember Shady r- running through snow mountains, basically, uh, a few seasons ago. Those snow games are part and parcel of why we we love the the league. But um, I, I I think equally for this Bills team, they would have much preferred if there if if the snow doesn't happen because the running game is not their strength, other than Josh Allen himself. They uh, there was that photograph, if uh, if people may have seen it, of the two Cook brothers uh, with their mother after the game <laughs> last week, and it's very easy to tell which brother won the uh, won the match. Um, I I think look the the Bills really have to win this um, because the not you know it, it isn't about the number one seed; it's about the division. Um, because they're they're in a fight for that division now, particularly um, with the Dolphins. But I'm sure the Jets are going to feel that they have a say in it, and Mark will probably feel that the Patriots, you know, uh, oh not oh my goodness, um, Ma- Michael, write down the date. Mark it, Mark officially wrote off um, the Bill Belichick uh, on on this date. I I would say the Bills absolutely should win. But if if the we get the type of snow um, that is potentially being forecast, Nick Nick Chubb and the Browns, if if it was, if we knew, and obviously we're um, recording this days beforehand, um, so to me, if it's not regular weather or a little bit of snow, Bills. If it's snowmageddon, Browns and Nick Chubb. Well, Colin, you've, you've taken a lot of my notes away, but um, I'll still run with it. Um, I'll back you up for a lot of things. They're saying uh, not only is they expecting 48 to 70, 72 inches of snow to fall during the game, the NFL said they don't plan to change the uh, time or the venue. And they're also expecting 30 miles per hour winds, and they're kind of comparing that to last year's game, in which the Pages went in there and threw the ball only four times, and essentially the better running team, three times, sorry, the better running team won the game on 
on the merits of that, even based on the weather. And that was the Patriots. Um, and this is the thing, Job and Hunt are arguably two of the best running backs in the league. And let's be fair, the Bills don't have a running game. These were played in a snowstorm game in 2007. The game finished 8-0 to the Browns. And I am going to pick the Browns to win the game on the basis that we are going to see this snowstorm. 8-0, 8-0. I mean, we're going into meltdown situation, but we saw an 8-0 team have a meltdown on Monday night. So why not this Sunday with the Bills who are expected to go to the Super Bowl? Um, I'm picking the Browns. I just want for the record, I did not write off Bill Belichick. I did not write off the Patriots. I do not think the Patriots are necessarily the favourites to win the division. However, I still see a path to getting a wild card. Just recall that for the record as well. Um, it's like we've got a stenographer or something. We're recording stuff for the record. Anyway, um, yes, the Browns are invoking the awesome powers of Zeus, who among, money th who among many things was also the Greek god of weather. You know, that's where the lightning bolts and the thunder came down, but he was regarded as the god of weather at the same time. So they're obviously hoping that he brings down, as Colin alludes to, not just the snow, but the, the, the rain and the hail and the wind to make it as miserable as possible. Because I, you guys are absolutely right. Like, the Bills don't have a running game. Their running game is called Josh Allen. Let's be clear. Like, he is their leading rusher. Every game he is their leading rusher. Uh, and it begins and ends there. And if that passing game is, um, you know, unfairly, should we say, it's disrupted by the weather, that impacts the Bills far, far more than it does the Browns. Um, but, you know, desperate teams do desperate things. The, even though the Browns lost five out of six games, they're not desperate in this. Like, they're out the running. Like, let's just call it now. They are not uh, going to have aspirations of coming in the wild cards. They're still... They're in many respects, trying to rebuild and trying to refigure out their strategy at quarterback. And they've, they've still, unfortunately and sadly, because we thought they would Stein to turn the corner, of quite a dysfunctional organization. The Bills have a lot of aspirations, dreams, and wishes. They are playing at home. They're playing a team that's lost five out of their last six. They are themselves on a two-game losing streak and needing to bounce back significantly from it. And I bank much more... Weather conditions be damned on Sean McDermott and Josh Allen um, and the consistency this franchise has shown over the last couple of seasons in particular to find a way through this and to get back on the road and continue what was looking like, you know, uh, a fantastic division, um, AFC East and the NFC East, going right down to the wire to the end of the season to see who is going to emerge from it. Uh, so count me in for the Bills. Love to be in your houses, lads. You watch Weber Channel every day, or what's the crack? Um, I thought they were going to laugh at least. Uh, the anyway, NFL news, Michael. No, I mean, I just like I, I literally have been on Twitter all day about this. It might snow. I mean, it might not even snow. And it's Buffalo. If there's one city or one area in the States where it snows, where it doesn't really matter, it's Buffalo. The fans will be going nuts. The lads will be grand. Josh Allen will have over 120 yards rushing. Devin Singletary will have over 140 yards rushing if needs be. Hell, give it to McKenzie to run for a wee bit. Duke Johnson, he can run. Jesus, lads. I mean, come on. The Browns, okay, have the fifth best run the fifth best run offense in the NFL with around 160 rushing yards per game. But they still, with, with no snow, by the way, they still give up with about 130 yards per game. So if it snows, can we add like another 30 to that? The Bills will win this game. But it will, to, to be fair to, to the meteorologists on this broadcast and listening to the show, Hi, Bar Best. How's the form, Bar? I love Bar so much. Um, 
it'll be the under the the over the, the current over under total is 41 and a half it'll be like 23 7 to buffalo is that okay I I, th- I do think the Bills are our favorites, but it is enormously concerning that they you're you're saying about passing it to people to run, like they don't run it well. Devin uh, Singletary is he he has I mean Josh Allen has nearly seventy attempts running. Their their number one RB has ninety two. I mean that and he's their RB one, um, and he only averages four point three a carry. Uh, Cook has thirty three attempts. Moss has seventeen. And McKenzie has five. This is a team who um, that that if they and we thought they obviously brought Cook in and preseason thought maybe they had addressed um, their probably their their biggest weakness, but it hasn't worked um, thus far. And it could be the one like I suppose their real Achilles heel when it comes to the playoffs. I, I think the fact that they're trading on deadline day um, for Hines from Indianapolis says all says it all about the fact that they're not happy with their run, with the the number of players they have who are contributing to the run game. They wouldn't be going out making trades on deadline day, uh, on the trade trade deadline to unless it was something that was concerning. Um, Michael, if it's if the weather isn't adverse, I think we're all picking Buffalo. Um, I know two are picking Buffalo anyway, but um, I just think. You know, we've seen precarious games like this before where teams go, don't go to to the form which we expect. But again, we'll see what the weather is come Sunday. Any given Saturday, mate. Uh, Colts playing the Eagles this week. Uh, Eagles 8-1 and one after Monday Night Football. Um, really, really weird game. I don't know if anybody... Like, I watched it live and didn't tweet because I was doing a vlog. Barely seen the game. Calm, seen the third, fourth quarter. Um, I mean, my God, the manner in which they lost was incredible because, like, they should have won the game and they were given, like, four or five opportunities at the end to win it. But you have to give it to uh, Taylor Heineke. I know we'll talk about Washington in a bit on this broadcast. They're not in the bye week, are they? No. But, uh, you know, great, great result for them. I'm not really concerned about the Eagles. Like, I mean, I mean, I don't want to give away my pick away. I'll let you talk. Well, yeah, look, I, I think the, the undefeated talk was, was always crazy. And to be honest, they um, getting that off their back will help. Losing a division game is not the way you want to, the, to go about that, though. And look, the commanders, I think, deserved their victory, though the, the refs missing the face mask and then reviewing the play, but refusing to acknowledge the face mask, and refusing to acknowledge that they missed it in the post-game comments, Sky even, though, even though the guy is now on IR as a result. Absolutely incredible. Fantastic. It's good to know that whether it's the NFL, the Premier League, uh, or uh, refs in Croke Park, uh, they will do whatever they want, whenever they want, and deny that they ever made any mistake in the history of anywhere, anything. Um, Taylor Heineke, uh, like, that, that was stupid, right? He went down his knee, which was strange, but the Eagles had enough time um, to not, you know, to pull out of actually hitting him and just lay, lay a glove on him, and that would have been fine. Though I agree it was odd. Um they need to get back to, to business this um, this week. The Colts were, um, you know, and I said this um, on a on a Broncos podcast. If you if you're Jeff Saturday, um, he he looked more competent than 
but both the uh, the Raiders head coach, but also the Broncos head coach. I am interested to see how it looks the second time around. I think um, talked about it. Matt Ryan ha- bringing Matt Ryan back in has been hugely influential. There's been some interesting reporting. Stephen Holder coming out this week about um, who was asked to call plays, and essentially. Um, People were told, yeah, you can have the opportunity to call plays, but you won't get a change in title. Oh, and there's no more money in it. Um, so <laughs> it's there's people running organizations um, at the moment making all sorts of bizarre uh, decisions. Uh, I, I don't think the Eagles will be as generous as the Raiders were, um, but I I do think they will, ba- um, the, the, the Coles will, battle um and i think the eagles will have to work for it but i do believe they will get back on track um there's been some frailties with the eagles teams over the past fortnight which have people are, i'm not sure if people are picking up on but jordan davis uh, the first round rookie was missing against the texans and they allowed pierce to go for 120 yards he was missing on monday and robinson went for 154 yards rushing and dallas goddard has been their most influential player over the past few weeks He's gone on IR for the, for the next four weeks. Devontae Adams had 29 yards against the Texans. He had 22 yards on Monday. Jaden Hurts ran for 26 against the Texans. He only ran for 23 on Monday. And uh, they struggled to put the Texans away until eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You asked them on Monday, Michael, whether I could see a scenario where Washington could win. I said, yeah, I think they'll hang around because they haven't been putting up the huge numbers on offensively in which they had been at the early start of the season. And it, it came to pass on Monday night. Um, they're going up against the Colts team with Jonathan Taylor, who's offensive player of the week, you know, so is an opportunity there for them to exploit this run defence, which isn't the same without Jordan Davis, who's gone for the foreseeable. I'm still with what I said on Monday. I still think the Colts will find a way to win this game. They're a desperate team. They need to wins. And uh, I'm not saying the Eagles bubbles, of course, but there has been things over the last few weeks where they haven't been playing at the level they have. And uh, Colin can call out a certain decision by referees on Monday, but I thought the Washington fully deserved the win um, overall over the course of the game. What Washington did brilliantly is they took advantage of the Eagles' sloppiness. Four turnovers in the game, which was uncharacteristic for what they've done so far. They only had three turnovers in the eight games prior to that. And the commanders made full advantage of it. Um, you rightly call out the face mask stuff. I mean, Quez Watkins as well. Like, fumbling after a 51-yard completion, that's a bit... I mean, that's sloppy. I mean, that's equally the point where I feel that you can make a case that, well, the Eagles should have taken greater advantage of that, but fair play to the commanders for forcing the fumble and making uh, taking advantage of that situation. At the end of the day, it's in the books. The Eagles are unbeaten no more. Um, didn't necessarily think they were going unbeaten, but it was trying to see who would beat them because obviously they were favoured heavily in all of the games to date. Turns out that didn't last too long. Um, but they've been the class team in the NFC. They've been the class team, arguably, in the NFL, obviously, in going 8-0 there far. And, you know, I often say one swallow doesn't make a summer, but one loss doesn't screw up their entire season. They're playing a Colts team. Let's forget, let's not forget, our head coach by Jeff Saturday. Um, he's not going up against Josh McDaniels this weekend. He's not going up against a dysfunctional Las Vegas Raiders. And, unfortunately, he's going to come crashing down to earth. The Eagles are going to annihilate them what i really enjoyed from watching on monday night was the dynamic play from brian robinson the effort that he put into every car he got to get as much out of everything and what i meant by when i said they should have put them away the eagles are the best offense in the nfc by a country mile they had numerous opportunities 
Jalen Hurst had numerous opportunities on Monday night. And he threw a pick. Um, and Washington let them into the game so many times towards the end because, yes, they were only getting field goals. The defence came up for the Eagles a bit. Um, and it was a really, really good game to watch. And like that's, uh, I think it was the play, the touchdown at the end of the second quarter. You started to think, Jesus, they could really come into this. And it was it was an excellent result for them. Um, I'm with Mark. I just don't see... I'm not concerned after one game. I'm not concerned about the Bills after last week either. You know, like teams are always going to have their up and down weeks. But, you know, from watching from watching teams over the last 10 or 11 weeks, I mean, it's clear that there are four to five teams in the league that are above everybody, above everybody else. That's the Bills, the Chargers, the Eagles, and the Cowboys, probably in the four out of there. I mean, I would take that at the minute. Maybe I could put the Ravens in there if Lamar keeps playing the way he is. Um, yeah, so in terms of this week... Um, the Colts done very, very well to win last week, but they were playing against the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. And, you know, Jeff Saturday hasn't a clue what he's at. He's bringing people in to help him. If that's how you're going to win a game, that's fair enough. But that's like giving, that's like playing FIFA against the computer on easy mode. Like, that, it doesn't work like that. Like, so, um, I, I, yeah, I think it'll be a blowout. I, I think the Colts are in for a shocking few weeks here. And I just think the decision to bring in Jeff Saturday is atrocious. Um, and I think the Eagles will be spurred up to, to try and come back from what was obviously a, a great win for Washington. Okay, the Jets are going up against the Patriots this week. I, I'm really looking forward to talking about this game because I can't remember the last time the Jets won against the Patriots. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see who everyone's going to pick this weekend. The Jets are 6-3. and three, The Patriots are 5-4. and four, And both teams, Colin, are coming off their bye week. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think um, from what I understand, Mark and I, Mark, you might um, know this. I, I think it stretches back. It's, it's similar to the Broncos and the Chiefs, right? I think the last time the Jets won was 2015, um, which again is the exact same in terms of the the Broncos and the, the Chiefs. And for anyone who, who is listening, who might hear um, noises in the background, that is my Border Collie Sheriff, who is sound asleep and snoring um, and is dreaming, I believe, of chasing rabbits. Um, but for for the Jets, there's been, you know, this has been a, a, a season of improvement overall. I do think there are questions over the um, quarterback, um, but I think the, the rest of um, the the team has come on in leaps and bounds. Their defense is good, and they've managed to deal with injuries. So you lose Brees Hall, and they, they're still able to run the ball, and he was one of the most exciting young running backs around. They had huge expectations just a few weeks ago when they were playing the Patriots, and they let themselves down badly. Uh, I don't know if anyone saw Ben Belichick in front of the press t- today, um, but he was doing his usual um, Bill Belichick type stuff uh, when somebody asked, um, "What's it like to you know face the opponent so soon, a division rival so soon again?" He said, "They'll probably have some wrinkles. We'll have some wrinkles." It'll be a close game, um, and in the the way that only Bill Belichick can. I do think it'll be a close game, division rivalry, etc. Um, I I I think you can make a case for both of these teams, um, but things have to change eventually. And in this in the season where parity has been the word that um, has been uttered more than any other, I am going to say that the Jets. Finally, 
finally manage to get their long-awaited victory over their division rival and take another step towards that elusive playoff spot. I made a mistake of picking the Jets a few weeks ago. I'm not going to yeah, be fooled again uh, by this Jets team. As, as good as they are this season. And the, Zach Wilson only threw the ball 25 times against the Bills two weeks ago. They ran for 174 yards. There's a complete reliance, with all due respect to the quarterback, on the run game. And in fairness, okay, Garrett Wilson had a, a reasonably good game. Um, but I don't see a situation on Sunday where they're going to be in a comfortable position to be able to run the ball up and down the field on, on a Patriots team. And that will lead to Wilson essentially have to be in the position to try and win the game for them. And uh, then, unfortunately, where the Jets are, he's a quarterback, which, as well as they're doing, there's still a lot of fans, a lot of question marks whether he's the long-term answer for them. And the Patriots are at home. They have a, they've got a really good running game, Stevenson and Harrison, in particular Stevenson is having a really fantastic season. I'm looking at the numbers. I mean, they're both averaging 21 points a, a game. They're only defensively giving up 19 compared to 18. It's the kind of game that will come down, for me, it'll come down to a... Last second score, potentially a field goal, a late score. It'll be very close. Um, I don't think the Patriots will run away with it, but I think being at home um, is a huge factor going into uh, Foxborough. I just don't see the Jets being in the position to do it. I think the Patriots will win a close game. So a couple of weeks ago, Brian, I made the same mistake. I picked the Jets to beat the Patriots. Um, I was delighted I was wrong. Let's, let's be honest about it. But uh, I did equally see the same analysis of the same two teams and thought that the Jets were on a roll and they were going to beat the Patriots and break the streak, which Colin rightly identifies. It does go back to 2015 uh, when they won in overtime. 13 straight games for the Patriots over the Jets since then. Um, but this is like, you know, investment in an equity fund or something like that. Past performance does not necessarily guarantee future success. Um, and the reality is that this is not, um, I think I used the expression earlier, this is not your daddy's Jets. This isn't our generation's Jets. Um, this team is built to win. They were impressive even with Joe Flacco at quarterback. The offensive line is causing holes. Their defense still remains uh, on course, and Robert Sala, I've said it before, is a fantastic coach. There's no other way of saying it. He is a really, really, really good coach, and he's rounding into a decent head coach in that regard. In what is the most competitive uh, AFC East in a long time, I mean, we, we need to go back 25 years when four teams made it out of the AFC East, actually, into the playoffs, or three, uh, yeah, four teams made it out when it used to be a five-team division. Um, to see something as competitive as this, uh, or when three teams tied, I think in 2002, one of the years uh, the Patriots didn't make the playoffs, 10 and 6, uh, 9 and 7, they were, sorry. Um, this is a great season. This is a great season for neutral fans. It's a great season for every fan in the AFC East that we're all in the mix. It's going to be tense, and these divisional games do count double effectively. Um, on balance, uh, it is hard to say i mean when i look at the same analysis of two weeks ago the jets still have a lot of natural advantages in this um patriots passing game still isn't functioning right the running game is the defense has been the big surprise for me but they are they've got the doubts about a couple of key pieces in the front seven who can shore up the run defense um i don't want to be a patriots homer and say we're going to obliterate them this is going to be an easy win oh you know something stupid like that because it's not true this is going to be a super competitive game but I do think Zach Wilson is – Bill Belichick is in Zach Wilson's mind, at least. If Zach Wilson isn't necessarily in the Patriots' defense pocket, he's performed appallingly 
in games against the Patriots thus far in his young career, um, including four inception game, a three inception game. Um, he makes mistakes and then compounds those mistakes and the Patriots coached well enough and they seize upon them and they exploit it. Um, that is the biggest difference maker in this regard. The Pats are at home. They won away only two weeks ago. I will therefore flip my pick. So I'm guaranteeing the Patriots almost to lose, but I'm going to flip my pick now for the Patriots to win at Foxborough. Move to six and five, take the Jacks down. And that AFC is just you know, concertinas together a little bit more. The AFC has been really, really interesting to watch so far this season. If you had said in week two or week three that the Dolphins would be on top of the Bills come in the week 11, I think I would have called you a crazy man or a crazy woman. Um, and now the Jets are fair, the Patriots are fifth with a winning record. Um, you know, we were all talking in the preseason about the AFC West being the best division of football and the most enjoyable and the most intriguing division at the minute has to be the AFC East. Um, I think the thing for me is it's funny because in terms of total offense, the... Um, the Jets have more yards on average than the Patriots in the first 10 weeks. But the, the Jets are way worse than third down. And I think that's going to be the situation for them this weekend. I agree with what everyone's saying about Zach Wilson. I just believe that the, the, the Patriots will find a way on Sunday to just to, to stop the Jets getting down the field. And I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll be like 2017. But I think the Patriots, yeah. The Patriots go to what? Mark 6-5. and five And uh, overtake them in the third place in the, in the division. And... Uh, very much looking forward to uh, to this game. Six and four. Okay. All right, lads. The next game that we're going to talk about is the Lions going up against the Giants. The Lions are three and six. The Giants are seven and two. Column A, the Lions are going for three wins in a row, putting up a lot of points uh, in certain games and they're as consistent as a microwave on its last legs. Um, good win last week. What's your thoughts? Yeah, and a road win last week, which is what they needed under Dan Campbell. And for the the Lions, we talked about it before, you know, there was a lot of maybe hype around them coming into the season. Um, Hard Knocks probably had something to, to do with that, but they were building towards the end of last season. They certainly looked much better um, in the latter stages of last season. So the expectation was that, you know, we were going to see a much improved Lions team. They played amazing offense for the first uh, few weeks of the season. They were uh, the league's great entertainers, um, but they uh, were terrible on, on defense. They made some changes and uh, they shored up the, the defense. Uh, the offense, um, you know, at, at overall continues to to be really good this is uh, a big test I, I think maybe a test for for both teams because the the lions have shown that overall they can score points unless they um you know unless they go really badly which you know they had the game where they didn't score at all um but i think for the giants this is this will be more of a test than maybe the lions uh, record would suggest um the we saw, obviously, Kenny Galladay getting uh, pulled at half time last week, but the Giants finding ways to, to win. I, I definitely think the Giants should win this game, um, and they probably will win the game. But I do think Detroit will look at it and say, yeah, okay, we might be underdogs, but there's no reason why we can't go and um, beat this Giants team. Uh, and if 
listeners or viewers haven't seen the video of Saquon calling Daniel Jones Vanilla Vic, it is definitely uh, worth uh, a watch. Um, <laughs> Daniel Jones doesn't really know how to react uh, to it. Um, I am going to say the the Giants, um, but I think the Lions will run them mighty close. Uh, yeah, the, the Lions' offense concerns me in this game, bearing with how well they played this season. But then I, I, I look how well the Giants' defense have played, in particular in home games. And I look at when the Lions have gone on the road against really strong defenses, and those two defenses that I call out is the Patriots, where they scored zero points, and when they went into Dallas and they only scored six points. I see this, uh, a real opportunity for the Giants to shut them down. And I look at the Lions' defense, they're the worst defense in the league, 32nd, they're 31st against the run, 27th against the passing, and they're the worst team in the league on tore down defence. Um, as Carl Banks said this week, you only cook in the ki- in the fridge what's what's available to you, um, otherwise you starve. So the Giants should just continue what they're doing every week, and that's run the ball, and continue to run the ball against one of the weakest run teams in the league. And to do that, that should open up opportunities for Daniel Jones, who's playing really efficient football. And there's a lot of players coming back. Giants have been uh, struggling with injuries for quite some time now. It's a strange one, because usually at this stage of the season, teams are getting weaker. Giants are getting stronger with a lot of players coming back to offensive line guys due to come back this week and Evan Neal and Shane Lemieux and one of the defensive players who played early on in the season got injured he's due to come back and Oh Gilari is due to come back and they've also made some more signings this week players that will probably likely come in and contribute immediately who've had careers elsewhere so for me tough game low scoring game Giants find a way to win a vanilla Vic, what a line. Is that because every time he gets into open space, he just sees Ice Ice Baby and slides without anybody touching him um, in open field? Uh, look, yes, Lions continue to be the most entertaining red zone team in all of eternity, generally. Uh, they've always been entertaining and exciting like that. But I think there's a serious question to be asked about how we match up and think about teams this year at the moment. There's a great degree of parity around the NFL. And when we talk about the NFC East, we're going just out of a week where the Cowboys have lost to the Packers are on a five-game losing streak. The Eagles' uh, view of perfection or the potential for perfection has been subtly pierced by losing to the Commanders. And the Giants, and, and Brian, I mean, you know, a lot of the stats go like, yeah, they're seven and two, and wins matter more than any stat in the world. Don't get me wrong. Wins matter the most. But... They're only averaging like 20 points to conceding 19 points a game. They're conceding more, 20 more yards than they're actually making. It's been very much a team based on situational football, like, you know, turning offenses, touchdowns into field goals and making the big plays when they needed to. Before this season, Daniel Jones didn't. There's been a number of games this year where he stepped up in the fourth quarter, surprising many, and he's made the clutch plays. But let's be, let's not get this wrong. They are so driven around Saquon, so driven around the running game, um, that if that does not function at some point, there's serious problems. And you saw that against the Seahawks when they were shellacked quite quite badly, I would say, in relation to that game. The good news is they're playing the Lions. And the one thing is they've got a really bad defense and especially bad run defense. Um, so whilst I think there are caution flags even around the current 7-2 record, but you can't argue they've got the seven wins on the board, um, this isn't necessarily the game to expose them um, and to limit the Giants' role at present. Um, end of the day, they're one game out of the number one seed in the NFC at the moment, but sterner tests will come in the future. 
a win this weekend. Um, they still got to keep getting better, though. I'm really excited to watch this game this weekend because it's funny like how poor the Lions have been defensively in terms of letting so many points in so far this season. Their offense is really, really exciting to watch. They're on their day. They, they're electric. Jar Goff's got like two and a half thousand passing yards so far this season. Daniel Jones, okay, has only got like one and a half, one six, but he's handing the ball off a lot of the times and he's done very well and there's a clear improvement with the Giants and the thing that stands out for Brian Dable is the fact that they get the most out of the team and he finds the extra length or the extra yard for each player to perform at their best rate. Uh, this game could go one or two ways. It could go where, as people have mentioned here, about handing it off to Saquon and getting some yards. That's fair enough, but you know, there's going to have to be situations where um, Daniel Jones is going to have to use how efficient he's been over the last few weeks and get the ball down the field. I think Aiden Hutchinson goes up big, but I do feel that the Lions win a close one. And I really hope in a neutral capacity this is a like a 31-27 either way game, which is enjoyable to watch because um, just being at the house for the first time in a few weeks watching the NFL, I want it to be an, an exciting game to watch. But when you've got that Lions team that on its day can be really good with Amon Rod Raymond and the fact that Jared Goff can do a few runs himself, like I'm just looking forward to this game. I think I take the Lions to win 31-27. All right, we're going to go quick around now. Calm, you're going to do the Bears against the Falcons. Yeah, Michael, you mentioned 31-27 earlier on, and that's the type of game I can see this being. Um, These are two teams who um, offense is is what they do best. And for the Bears, we talked about it before, it's all about Justin Fields. It's all about his development uh, and seeing which of the players that are currently on the roster are going to be there in 2023. We know about the cap space that they have for the Falcons. Arthur uh, Smith came out and uh, was very bullish uh, in terms of his comments about people wanting a, a QB change and people too quick to jump into crisis mode. I think the Falcons need a, a win much more so than the Bears. Uh, and as I've said before, ideal scenario for the Bears it would be the type of score that you talked about. So the Falcons were to win 31-27, but Fields continues to prove uh, that he is the guy that is exactly what the um, the Bears will want. I believe that's something along those lines. I have no idea exactly on the score, but I think it'll be high scoring. And I'm going to say that the Falcons get the win. Um, I'm with Colm, I select the Falcons to win this game. You're not going to give your pick, Mark? Sorry, I was coughing, nearly dying there for a second. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Bears. I'll go with the Bears as well. Brian, you're going to go with Raiders-Broncos? Yeah, I mean, what, you, what can you say about these two teams this season? Unfortunately, so much expectations going into the season for both teams, whether you're a Raiders fan or Broncos fan, so much expected of Russell Wilson, so much expected of Josh McDaniels in his second stint as head coach, going in there with a GM and bringing in Devontae Adams, and it just hasn't materialised. Um, two coaches, uh, it looks inevitably like they will lose their jobs at the end of the season. Now, the Raiders have since come out today to say, there's a report today that the Raiders can't get rid of him because they haven't got the money to pay his contract. That's how, how, str- how much of a struggle it is for them. I look back at the first game and in fairness to the Raiders, like the few bright spots they've had this season, the one was where they put up quite a um, um, huge numbers offensively against the Broncos in, in a defence that has been a standout defence. When we, we loaded up on Monday night, unfortunately, with the fact that they lost to the Titans, but yet they did so much like controlling Derrick Henry. 
The Raiders seem to put up a huge numbers. It's probably the only bright spot they've had this season. I'm not sure about Jerry Judy, where he's going to play, so I'm concerned about Broncos' inefficiencies on offence. They don't seem to have a consistent run game. Um, I'm looking at the average points. The Raiders are putting up 22 points a game offensively, despite their struggles. And the Broncos are only putting up 14. And whilst I, it's a, I could see a scenario where the Broncos win a low-scoring game, I'm going to side with the Raiders. I think the Raiders right now have an Indian sign over the Broncos when it comes to playing them to beat them twice last year, if I'm correct. Um, and I see a, a same scenario this season. I'll go with the Raiders to win this game. Broncos to win this game. Broncos for me. Raiders blow it. And Mark Davis made 119 million off tickets last year alone. That's bullshit. There's a report out there today, genuine report. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. Let me just rephrase that. The report from Dov Kleeman, not from Brian O'Leary, is bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Don't worry. All good. Yeah. Okay. Mark, you're going to talk about the Rams and the Saints. I am going to talk about the Rams and the Saints, Michael. When we talk about disappointment, if I gave you two quarterbacks and said one had but just over 1,900 yards, eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, and I said the other quarterback had nearly 1,600 yards with 11 touchdowns and seven interceptions and told you one was Matthew Stafford and the other was Andy Dalton, I won't even ask you to guess who is who because you just say, Jesus, Matt Stafford's having a bad year one way or the other here, isn't he? Because he's in a comparison with Andy Dalton, and his TD to interception ratio is pretty poor. The Rams' offense uh, has been bad this year. It has not been the Super Bowl winners that we thought. And obviously, the news in the last day or so is that it's going to get even worse because the one thing they had, no matter what, was Cooper Cup. Well, guess who's getting surgery on his ankle and has moved to injured reserve? That's right, it's Cooper Cup. So whereas in many respects you could call this the disappointment bowl in some regards, uh, especially for the Rams, the reality is that their season is just getting worse. And I know I made the joke the other day, but it's very true. Do you think the Rams start off at half or every day with Sean McVay and Aaron Donald having a conversation saying which one regrets coming back more than the other? And should they have not retired and gone off into the sunset with that special day in SoFi back in the day? The, the reality is the Saints have more chance at this point in time of making the playoffs. The Saints actually are in, believe it or not, the worst division, as bad as the uh, uh, AFC West, uh, the NFC West has been. Um, and the Saints, even with the Red Rocket, are going to be my pick to be a struggling Rams team who are down their number one weapon in all of the NFL. So Saints to win. Saints as well, yeah. Saints for me. Rams. Okay, I'm going to talk about the Commanders and the Texans. Um, over the last few moments, actually, it's been announced by uh, Riverboat Ron that Taylor Heineke will start the game, so that's who I'm going to talk about. You know, Taylor Heineke has given this team reason to live over the last few weeks. I think he's watched three and one as a starter. Please correct me if I'm wrong there, lads. Uh, I was so impressed with the way he played against Philadelphia in, in his role on Monday night. The belief that he gives his players, the belief that he gives his locker room is just is, is outstanding. Um, and I think the commanders go on a run now. They're sitting at 5-5 five and five in the NFC East. And I think when you've got Scary Terry coming back into it and with Brian Robinson as well, there's so much they can do. Um, the Texans are the Texans. And that's all I really have to say about it. I, I, I had the commanders winning this game by 14 points. And six weeks ago, whenever Carson Wentz was in a quarterback and, and we were all laughing uh, They've come a long way, and you have to give it to Ron Rivera. You know, obviously, 
an emotional night for him on Monday. You'd like to see them make a run. Imagine all the NFC East teams finish with a winning record. That would be the first in a while. So, yeah, I'll take the Commanders. 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 Scary, unanimous decision of death. The Commanders. They win okay. on Sunday. Sorry, Michael. They win on Sunday. I think they were saying that all four teams in this position would be from the NFC's would be in the playoffs because of the record. If the season ended on Sunday, Cowboys are six and three going up against the Vikings that are eight and one. It's game of the week as far as I'm concerned. Probably one of the games of the season so far in terms of the expectation. It's great to see, uh, I guess, in my lifetime, a team like the Cowboys actually. Well, we say this every year now at this point, but actually have a chance going into January. I've never really witnessed something like that, so. I guess it'd be cool to see that going down the stretch. Vikings column are, are, are excellent. Uh, obviously, we had the chance to speak to Kevin O'Connell preseason. Been very impressed with the way they fought against the Bills last week. And Justin Jefferson had one of the best catches in the history of the league last week. Um, he's the best in his position. He's probably one of the best players, if not the best player in the league. Um, this game has uh, has a really interesting feel of it because the Cowboys suddenly go 6-4 and four very quickly. They lose this game and it takes away from two weeks ago going into Green Bay at 6-2. Um, and two. A different sort of dynamic, a different look to the season for them, but uh, I think they'll be confident in how they're playing, and like, they'll, they'll want to go into Minnesota and put it up against them. Yeah, and I think they they'll certainly back up in the Great White North, but and wanting to right the mistakes of uh, last weekend. Talk, talked about it a bit on the, the show on Monday. For me, the the biggest issue for the Cowboys is the way in which they missed used Mike Parsons. Uh, Mike Parsons is phenomenal, phenomenal talent. He's a game wrecker and, and you just have to play him at edge. You allow him to rush the passer. Um, do not drop him back to play uh, inside linebacker. Uh, I thought that was a mistake. Um, in, in terms the, of the Cowboys, they it's a bit like the, the Chargers in, in certain respects, although I would have Herbert ahead of Dak, but the the weapons, um, particularly at uh, wide receiver, um, I would say that the the Cowboys have a much better tight end. Um, but at wide receiver, um, CD Lamb is is a very good receiver, but is he a true elite WR one? Uh, I'm not sure about that, and I think they lack a real kind of um, speedster, a deep threat to worry defenses. The the Vikings, I mean, they they have been enormously impressive. They have certainly played in a huge number of close games. They have find found ways to to come back when they have been down. A lot of that uh, you you feel from the videos that you see in the dressing room is down to Kevin O'Connell and the and the players responding uh, to him. This. It, it'll be a, it could be a bit of a trap game for the Vikings because the emotion in last week's victory like they sh- there's no way they should have won that game given the way in which the bills turned the the ball over um on on the snap to give away the touchdown um I I just don't know if the Cowboys have enough to take advantage of it they could um but I'm gonna say um that that Kirk Cousins, despite the fact that it isn't an early window game, that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings get the win. If Kevin O'Connor wants any extra motivation for this game, just pull out the betting line. Uh, 
the bookies in in Vegas still don't have the faith in an eight and one side and in the Minnesota Vikings the Cowboys are favourites going into this game. Um, probably large parts down to what people perceive to be a, a kind of a, a dubious secondary that the Vikings have. They're now seventy two percent of red zone opportunities to go in for touchdowns. Um, and players have put up big numbers against them in terms of wide receivers and stuff, so I can see why it would be an explosive game. GX Factors Jefferson, the Cowboys' weakest link still is the run game. It hasn't been corrected. Davin Cook, we saw last week how explosive he was. He had explosive one in Miami a couple of weeks ago. If he goes off on one, I think it's going to be a very difficult day for the Cowboys. Um, I'm also with the Vikings. I think the Vikings will find a way to get over the line and improve to 9-1. So, first of all, this needs a health warning. This game needs a health warning. And the warning is this. The Cowboys, for the last 10, you know, God knows, in my lifetime, you can never trust them when it comes to gambling. You can't. The game, they lose the games they're expected to win. They win the games they're expected to lose. The Vikings are right there with them. I've told you at the start of the season, that's the betting rules involved. Never bet again on a game involving the Cowboys. Never bet on a game involving the Vikings. Now, the Cowboys-Vikings, this is the encapsulation of everything that we should steer away from and avoid like the plague when it comes to gambling. Uh, Hermes himself would not have come up with this as the god of gambling. He would have said, like, this is just wrong. Stay away and please don't bet on it. Frankly, I'm not convinced in either of these things still. And yes, Minnesota just won a spectacular game where you kind of say, we proved ourselves in many respects. No, they haven't. I still think they're the most overrated, unrealistic 8-1 team that has been in the NFL for many years. And they still have a long way to go to prove things. So of course, proving the off-season and the postseason. sorry, and the Super Bowl is most important. Um, last week was spectacular. Let's, you know, one of the best regular seasons potentially of all time with the drama, with the swings, with the um, just the sheer greatness of play from Justin Jefferson, at least we ever forget, at least we never reference uh, enough. But I worry that the Vikings could get exposed at some point. They actually played a team last week, we said it earlier on, they're one-dimensional. They knew how to defend against them. The Cowboys, for all their sins, are not one-dimensional in their offense. They have it. They can fling the ball around. And yes, I can accept the doubts about C.D. Lang, uh, Lamb, sorry, but they can run it as well. Possibly more from Tony Pollard than Ezekiel Elliott, if rumors to be believed again into next season. So it would seem to make much more sense to hold on to him and let Elliott cut the way they've been performing this season so far. Um with all those warnings being reflected, and I warn everybody never to bet on this game at all, and especially don't follow my picks, I can't get out of my head the performance of Justin Jefferson last week. I can't get out of my head the performance by the Vikings when it really mattered, even though they relied upon one of the most freakish players ever seen in the NFL to actually end up winning the game. Um, overall, Patrick Peterson will do and match what Diggs does on the other side. Um, for uh, the Cowboys and um, yeah, I'm going Vikings. Sorry, and I'll change my mind six more times before Sunday, but I'll go Vikings at the moment. What's the um, the all twenty two of this game? Uh, sorry, of the Cowboys Packers game last night, and the thing that really surprised me was two things: how poor they were in third down against the Packers, and also how poor Dak Prescott was whenever he had space. Two interceptions. But the interceptions were really, really poor. And I, I thought that he is showing a bit more athleticism from coming back after Cooper Rush came in, but the Cowboys are still relying. They're relying far too much on the run. And when you've got Tony Pollard there, who had, what, 120 yards rushing last week, 
obviously you're going to do that but there needs to be more balls down the field like Dak needs to try and have more confidence in what he can do I mean he had 260 yards passing last week but he could easily from looking at some of the players he could easily have more than that whenever CD Lamb comes into the game yes he got 150 last week he's so effective and he can really on Sunday put a marker down against the Vikings and shut them up and um, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm as far gone as Mark there on the Vikings. I yeah. I do, I wouldn't rate them as much as the Eagles in any way, shape, or form because some of the teams that the Vikings have beat and in the manner in which they've beaten them, they deserve to be. Look, they're eight and one. They've won the games. They, they deserve to be and like any team that has seven or eight wins this, in the league this season. But um, something something just tells me Dallas gets it done on Sunday. I'm sure Fox will want that to happen. So um, yeah, I think I think I really hope it's a high scoring game. But I I like to see a really really good game. Um, and I think they'll probably get it done relying on the run. And I agree. I think Elliot's done in, done in Dallas. It's it's Tony Pollard's team. He's a hell of a player. That's uh, Cowboys for me on Sunday. Yeah, Michael, just to wrap, wrap us up, I was going to double in on Colm's point because I think you, you said about the All-22 film and some of the things that became apparent on the Cowboys on defense isn't just that they were playing Mike Parsons off the line um, as a linebacker more than on the edge. It was actually how exposed they were leaving him in the run game. Like, I mean, almost in impossible situations. The D-line, the whole defensive scheme against the Packers run game, um, which has been exposed and kind of called out quite a few times on Monday and Tuesday uh, in the media, was was shocking. I mean, they can't scheme that badly twice in a row, you would think. So that's surely something that they're going to, to correct at least uh, in relation to it. And going against Alvin Cook, they're going to have to. This guy's been watching the game too. I love it, I love it. And Bengals play the Steelers column, 9.25 on Sunday. The Bengals are wearing their all-white uniforms. If anybody, I mean, I like the helmet. What do you think, Colm? Um, yeah, pe- people uh, definitely enjoy uh, the discussing the various uh, uniform combinations and, and whatnot. I think... Um, this is obviously look the the last time out the the Bengals were uh, phenomenal. Joe Joe Mixon uh, was brilliant. Um, I I don't believe that the Steelers um, will give uh, Mixon and um, Burrow as as much time. Um, it, the the issue for for the Steelers is you know scoring enough points and. Um, while I, I do think that the Bengals are, um, as much as the, the Panthers game might suggest otherwise, I, I do they're not as explosive when they don't have Jamar Chase. Um, Chase is, and it's partly the trust he has of Burrow, but part of what makes Chase so and the Bengals so incredible is his ability to just go up in traffic. So you know you can you can have two guys on him and Burrow just trusts him enough to just put the ball up there, and that means that you know the, and they 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 weren't doing that so early in the season, but they they got more into that and that stretches defenses right when you have that ability and you're seeing Kirk Cousins do that a little bit more with Justin Jefferson now, um, but that in turn stretches defenses. They don't quite have that obviously when um, Chase isn't there. I think this will be a real kind of old school divisional matchup but um and um with with um the the Steelers just looking to to get to to Burrow I'm going to to go with the 
the Bengals, um, but uh, Ma- magical Mike Tomlin could could do it for the the Steelers. I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if that were to happen. But I think that the Bengals want to keep uh, the the train on the tracks going in the right direction, and they will have enough to do that. This game will have a, a very unfamiliar look about it because the Steelers are also wearing uh, their color rush jerseys in this game. Um, which is quite unusual to see both teams going in different coloured years. Um, I think the Bengals, despite having a bit of a rebound after a difficult start of the season, will still be stewing off, off, off that week one loss in which they had numerous opportunities to win the game and miss field goals and last second touchdowns not given and should have been challenged and all the rest that went with that game. I actually think this is one of the blowouts to the weekend. I think the Bengals, despite it being a tough divisional game and we've seen many a close game over the, over the years, um, coming off the bye week, um, I think the Bengals will blow the Steelers out. So we always say divisional games are tight, and we say divisional games are difficult. You're saying same, playing the same team twice a year, every year. You get to know the personnel, the scheming, the approach. Even when new coaches come in, it still um, becomes hard to call, and it's never um, straightforward. The Bengals last year, the key thing that fueled their run to the Super Bowl is they went 6-0 and in the AFC North. Slight problem from this year. At the moment, they're 0-3. They've lost to the Ravens, they've lost to the Steelers, and they've lost to the Browns. And Brian rightly mentions the 23-20 loss in the opening day of the season. Um, and that Steelers team, if you like, has gone through an entire revolution through them. They lost JJ, uh, TJ Watt for a uh, vast portion of the season. Obviously came back last week, starting to make um, – it uh, was last week, wasn't the week before? Yeah, it was last week. Um, starting to make uh, his influence felt again. And, of course, they've made the fundamental change at quarterback, uh, bringing in um, – uh, Kenny Misdemeanor Elliot Pickens, um, uh, Pickett, sorry, he's trying to throw it to Pickens. Um, Chase changes the category though from the Bengals' perspective. And whilst I've not been overawed by Kenny Pickett's kind of performance thus far in a Steelers jersey, they're finding a way to grind it out. They grounded it, gr- grinded it out last week with a couple of rushes from Pickens and Pickett. So, you know. Much as the Bengals are keep trying to keep pressure on the Ravens, much as the Bengals, I think, are still going to assert their claim at least to a wild card, if not compete for the AFC North. I think they've got the hoodoo voodoo on them when it comes to divisional games this year. Steelers at home, Steelers starting to try and find a mojo. Mike Tomlin still weaving some black magic around the place, um, a little mixed style. Uh, and uh, Steelers win. Go for it. Steelers win. I'll keep this one short and sweet. Uh, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, Trent Taylor. Um, no Jamar Chase, no problems. The Steelers are not going to win this game on Sunday. The Bengals are going to wipe them out. 35-7. to seven. And the seven points will come at the end whenever Burrow's been benched because there's no point. Uh, one game that is going to be really exciting to talk about is Sunday Night Football. I'm really, really excited for this game because this could literally either tie up the West for the Chiefs or it could blow it open. Uh, the Chargers column are 5-4 and four, going to Arrowhead or whatever it's called this week, uh, Giha Field, taking on a 7-2. and two. The game's in SoFi Stadium, isn't it? So the game is in SoFi. Um, the game was at Arrowhead in week two of the season for the first Sunday, first Thursday Night Football game, which is a really, really entertaining game. The game was close enough to the end. Um and yeah, uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes last week on looked absolutely phenomenal. 
Um, this is a huge game for both teams. Chiefs don't want to pull away. Chargers are trying to put a marker down to try and save what's left of a push for that division because it can't happen because the Chiefs have a difficult enough, difficult enough end to the season if teams do play against them in certain ways. So uh, really looking forward to this game on Sunday. Yeah, and the Chargers obviously were super competitive against the, the 49ers and that was given the number of, of players they were missing, but that was all down to Herbert. I mean, he he is a truly, truly special talent and it's it's just a shame that the Chargers haven't been able to put more talent around him. The guys that they, you know, Keenan Allen has been out injured talked about Mike Williams and my reservations on him and the lack of a, a speedster and the lack of a real um, tight end, it, you know, but he, you're always, always in with a puncher's chance when you have Herbert as your quarterback because he, not nothing phases him. He, he'll just go out and continue to, to play his game. Um, I think he, we're beginning to see he's playing um, less restricted from the injury that he had um, and this is a, a divisional game so uh, I imagine you know I do think that makes a difference um, but the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes have been finding ways to to win all season they brought in Kadarius Tony he seems to have um, given them kind of a, a new uh, option um, because he he is so skillful and um, the the other thing for the Chargers is I, I think the the offensive play calling has not helped Herbert in, in any way, shape, or form. I wanted um, their uh, OC in the Hague a few weeks ago. Um, I I don't think um, that uh, that that has changed. Um, for me, yeah, her, her, expect Herbert to do wonderful things, but given the supporting cast that Mahomes has and with Andy Reid there and with Patrick Mahomes' own ability, I believe the Chiefs will win it. Uh, yeah, Colin was calling there many of the points I was going to make around the fact that whilst Herbert is a great quarterback, the limitations offensively and the play calling has been quite a very precarious. They haven't scored over 23 points in a month and for a team that was going into this season and everybody was speaking so glowingly about the amount of players that they had available to them, Carter and Parma have stepped in and they haven't really Got to get, they haven't really shown the same production in which you get from Keenan Allen, who, to be honest, at this stage of his career, you know, will they keep him? Because he's never on the field anymore. And Williams, again, has been paid like he's the number one receiver. Collins called out numerous times that he doesn't play like he's a number one receiver. I look at the Chiefs, and for me, this would be a massive shock. I know it's a divisional game, but for the Chargers to win this game, bearing in mind how poorly they've been playing an offense, going up against the Chiefs team that are so explosive. And if they do win this game, they're three games in front with. Teams with losing records, such as the Broncos twice, the Raiders, the Texans, to play, and the Rams to play. You know, essentially would lock up the division. Three games clear, tie break over the over the Chargers as well. It's a big game for the Chiefs. I think they know that it'll be all um, pointing towards uh, securing the number one seed if they do win the, this game. And I believe they will. I think they'll go in there. They beat them last season in overtime. I don't even think it'll it'll be a game as close to be going towards overtime in the fourth quarter. I think the Chiefs will win comfortably. Uh, the charges woes um, when it comes to injuries continue. I mean, just to recap, of course, Joey Bosa's already on IR. JC Jackson, they're very expensive. Um, free agent pickup at cornerback uh, is on IR. Um, they've now three defensive linemen on IR with two going on this week, including Covington. Um, they, they're just not 
built enough. I mean, what team is to suffer all of these injuries and keep on trucking? And their performance last few weeks has been pretty poor. I mean, they, they've lost a couple, but the, even the games they've won, they haven't won a game by more than a field goal since week four. Um, they've squeaked by the Browns, squeaked by the Broncos, squeaked by the Falcons, and potentially can make an argument they should have lost all three of those games. Um, like there were scenarios in all three of those games where it could have easily gone the other way. They are designed to cause heart attacks to their fine fan base. They're definitely pushing things to the edge. And what Colin just said about the OC, I fully agree with. I think that's um, there's been some kind of GBH he's almost committed against Justin Herbert and the, the entire offense this season in the way um, some of the play calling has been. The reality is the Chiefs have been going in the opposite direction. Ever since their week two game, which is called that was a great game, very close. Uh, and then the following week, the Chiefs lost to the Colts. They've turned it around. They've got really consistent. They'll only lost since, obviously, it was the Bills, you know, in a really cracking game. Um, and certainly the last three weeks, it seems like they're putting the motor into gear and kicking on with all four, uh, with all four tires on the road. Yes, it's a divisional game. Yes, they're at home and everything's going so smoothly, you could consider it a trap game. But I just don't see that the Chargers, with all the injuries and everything, have enough fuel in the tank to really cause difficulty in this particular regard. Um, so, you know, I, I see the Chiefs winning this, actually, and it's always dangerous to say on the, on the divisional game, by two, three touchdowns. It's going to be a walk in the park. The game in SoFi last year was really such a fun game to watch. How the game, the game in our in Arrowhead in week two was really really fun to watch, and it sort of goes into that there. You know, regardless who plays at home or away, this this Kansas City Chiefs, LA Chargers rivalry, the the evolution of different d- dynamic types of quarterback and Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert shows that the new era of the quarterback has begun in this league. And I know we, we'll be watching these two play each other for for years to come. And um, I guess, you know, you got to look at, you know, the sort of nagging injuries at Keenan Allen, uh, Mike Williams, Joey Bosa has, and you have to ask yourself, is is there too much there for them? The thing is, though, they, they've been really struggling with injuries over the last few weeks, and they have found a way to remain competitive. I I, I think this game on Sunday will be more close than what we're saying here. I, I do think it'll be a bit of a fight. You know, the, at the end of the day, in the AFC West, the Raiders and the Broncos have, have got off to, to a shocking start, and... You know, the one thing that we didn't get to talk about in the quickfire is I had said to Colin on a different podcast earlier, I, I think it'll be a blowout for the Raiders. And I I think one of them will go uh, in terms of those head coaches. But back, back, back to this game, um, you know, outside of that there, you know, they're, they're playing for second place in the West at, at the minute. But like the, the narrative completely changes for the Chargers if they beat the Chiefs this Sunday. They're one game out on the Chiefs. So that that is... You know, if you need any sort of motivation to play the game, that is all you need. You know, great duels, great battles is what we we associate and accustom ourselves with when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. And um, I think the injuries are going to be a little bit too much for them. I'll take the Chiefs winning 27-24. I think it'll be a very, very close game. And um, I think it'll be a hell of a game. And please God, we get a good game on Sunday Night Football before we get the game in Mexico on Monday. And um, yeah, I'll take the Chiefs to win 27-24. So okay. the, do the Chargers have any home games? It's my my only comment as well. No, they don't. It's always the case. They always get out drowned out. Poor Chargers. Poor 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 uh, Justin Herbert. He'll be if honest. certain results go the way, um, and again, it's those permutations. But if just the results go a particular way, and something the Chargers were to lose, they could drop down to eleven spot in terms of the order of teams looking to get into the playoffs. 
it's and as Michael's rightly called Lev, they win on Sunday, they're only one game out of division. It's so tight at the moment within the AFC, you can literally flip flop from one scenario to the other very quickly. Almost as tight as a Calvin man or woman. Okay, uh, that is us for week 11 of the season. You can catch up with the podcast now if you're listening to different segments. Just check it out. Just search Irish NFL Show. Uh, we'll be back on Monday night at 9 o'clock to look ahead to the Chiefs game in Mexico against... The, sorry, the Niners game in Mexico against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, and yeah, see you then.